Welcome to Humans Are Us, Human Lives, Human Stories, a podcast about ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are the stories of people that said yes to themselves. Their experiences have helped to make them who they are in this moment. By sharing their personal stories, we hope to inspire others to live their truth. This is a podcast about growth and being one's true, authentic self. Please be advised, this podcast contains adult content and language. Welcome to Humans Are Us, episode four. Today's guest is Wendy the Witch. Wendy moved from Ontario to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada in October 2016. Over the last four years, she has emerged as a psychic comedian, bud goddess, and feminist. She uses her magic to speak with her spirit guides and dismantle the patriarchy. Hello, Wendy. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, this is quite a pleasure. We've known each other for quite a long time now. We used to be housemates in Vancouver. It's always lovely to see how you're growing and developing. And one of the things that you have developed is the term psychic comedian. And so for our listeners, which by the way, I love it. I love it so much. And it feels so right for you. But can you describe to our listeners what that term means for you? Yeah, sure. So it's kind of a play on words. I'm a psychic medium. Primarily, I'm a clairsentient psychic medium, which means that I feel like it feel extra, I guess, if that makes sense. And that's how I and that's how I pick up information to kind of um, do readings. The term psychic medium is a play on words with psychic medium. And it was actually given to me through my guides because they're kind of funny. So Mm -hmm. they like to make jokes and make me laugh. Um, And they kind of gave me this vision one day of me being on a stage and speaking on that stage in kind of like a comedian would do. And so they said, that's what you are. You're the psychic comedian. And so that's kind of how that name came about. Um, And I really loved it. Like, I thought it was so funny, of course. (laughs) And uh, I really loved it because psychics have been seen in society as, like, outcasts for a very long time. It's been, like, this. these subjects have been seen as um, scary or negative overall. And so I really think that the comedy aspect is quite valuable because the humor is part of what I think can open people's minds to the idea of things that are outside their comfort zone, things that they haven't really considered before or that they're scared of. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where the psychic comedian idea came from. And it's so funny because um, it's not like it was something that I planned. It was something that it's kind of like the universe was like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And uh, that's, that's what you're going to call yourself. And I was like, well, I hear the call. So, okay, like, here we go. Let's do it. No, that's lovely. Um, thanks for that. I, I, I agree. I think, you know, laughter brings people together in so many different ways. And 
And something like being psychic doesn't have to be scary. Psychics are usually portrayed. They're kind of on the edge or the fringe of society. And so I love that you're bringing it more into the light and just being real about it. That is just such a beautiful human thing to do. You studied in India. Specifically, you went to India to study transcendental meditation. And so can you talk about that experience and how that's changed your life? This happened before I knew that I was going to be the psychic comedian. This happened way before. I actually learned transcendental meditation in in Vancouver. Um, And then by a chance of random events, I ended up having the opportunity to go to India about three months after I learned how to meditate, uh, which is kind of, it was, I I would say that it was divinely, it was like divine guidance from the universe in a way. Um, So I actually learned here and it wasn't so much studying that I went there for, but when I went there, I did go to a place called the Brahmastan, which is, it's actually in the geographical center point of India. And it's actually a a center where um, they do transcendental meditation retreats. So I went there um, kind of innocently in a way, uh, because a good friend of mine who had been practicing transcendental meditation and and who who is also a teacher of that, she had decided that she was going to go. And a few months before that, I had a random thought come to my mind of like, oh, I'd really like to go to India. Um, But any of the plans I made kind of fell through. And at one point she was just like, oh, I'm, I'm going to India. Do you want to come? Because in order to go to this particular retreat place, you need to know how to do the transcendental meditation technique. So she invited me along and, and I thought, yeah, I guess, I guess that's the opportunity. Um, so I went there and it was a beautiful experience. We actually, um, got to experience chanting. So, um, there are men and boys at this particular place called Pandits and they do, um, they recite Vedic scripture. Mm. So we went, to, we actually went to, um, to like a hall that has 30, 1,300 of them all, all reciting Vedic scripture at the same time. Wow, that the thing about, very powerful. Yeah, the thing about Sanskrit is it's uh, a vibrational language. So mm-hmm. when you go to a place like that, it's something that can really deepen your experience because of transcendental meditation, um, it's based on a mantra. Yes. So I had learned the mantra three months before, which is quite new. Yeah. And then I jumped in and was an Indian, got to have this experience and got to feel that kind of um, resonant, I want to say resonant frequency, if, if that makes sense. Yep. So going there really, really deepened my experience right off the bat. And it actually has completely changed my life. Transcendental meditation in itself is life-changing, but me being able to go on this trip, getting this opportunity, and just kind of jumping into that um, really helps to deepen my practice. And I truly believe that, you know, I would not be where I am. I wouldn't have 
experienced as much growth as I have, and I wouldn't have as much fulfillment if I had not learned that technique and I had not gone down the meditation path. As I understand it, transcendental meditation, because I've been to, um, I just dipped my toe into it. Um, so I don't know as much as you actually, but um, you you sit and you meditate for what is it like twenty minutes using a mantra? Yeah, it's twenty minutes twice a day. Twice a day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually do it when I wake up in the morning, like as soon as I wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, I do my do my yoga asana and I meditate, mm-hmm. and then I'll do it in the afternoon, um, just after work, like right before dinner. Um, and it really, really helps me to stay grounded yeah. as someone who's so sensitive to energy. I can be very, you know, I can be very sensitive to the energies around me and just the energies of the day. And so it helps me stay really grounded. And it also helps me to just stay connected to myself and my own essence. And so, um, yeah, going, going to India and being able to experience that on like a magnified level. Um, I just felt so lucky for that. And, um, yeah, it definitely deepened my experience. I remember when you told me you were going, I was like, what, what's happening? Um, <laughs> to me, it seemed like all of a sudden you were going to India and it kind of came out of nowhere. And I just think it's so beautiful that you put that intention out into the world and, you know, it, it didn't work out. But then all of a sudden, you know, you were presented with this amazing opportunity and it sounded like that's how you needed to go to India, at least for the first time, because it does. It sounds absolutely magical and life changing. And I'm I'm so thrilled that you had that experience and that you can now share that with other people and talk about how meaningful that was for you. Yeah, definitely life changing and. It's a technique I would definitely recommend to anybody. So you did touch on this. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like I'm making an advertisement for it. Like, but I know, really but I know not. you. You like say this all really, the time. Um, like you, I really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You do post about it, and so you are. You are. Um, um, definitely a spokes, an unofficial spokesperson for transcendental <laughs> yeah. meditation, and that's not a bad thing. Point. That's not a bad but thing I, at I all. I think that that whole experience, like the way you put that, that whole experience of being like, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to India. That's very much what it was like. And I think outside of the meditation part, you know, I I truly feel that that was how I was meant to experience India on the first round Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I will go back. Um, But it just goes to show you like what what can happen if you just release a a little bit of control because we all, all the time, hold on so tightly, I think, in our lives. Mm -hmm. We want to control everything. But life actually gets more magical and fun when you kind of like release your grip a little bit and let the universe kind of fill in the blanks, if that makes sense. So in some ways, you know, that was kind of like the universe was kind of just like, because I I had had an opportunity to go to India with a friend and then it just kind of fell through and the universe kind of just came in and was like, well, here's another, uh, here's another option. And I was like, well, <laughs> it's right there. Like I was like, you know, I, I, it was so clear in my face that I needed to go shows how the universe can show up for you if you let it, I think. No, I totally agree. You did touch on that, you know, as a psychic, uh, you are influenced by other people's energies, especially during this year. It's been very taxing for a lot of people. And we've talked about it 
on occasion about how the energy is just super intense right now. So what are some of the practices that really help you keep balance and keep yourself safe from all that energy that can come at you? Oh, well, this is a great segue because meditation is the number one thing for me. (laughs) Um, Because, yeah, that keeps me grounded and it also reduces my anxiety. So Mm -hmm. that's a big thing. It also allows me to release a lot of stress that I hold in my body. Our bodies hold stress and that affects our emotional well-being. So it helps me to release those things. Um, But aside from that, it's really been a journey for me to learn about my psychic abilities. And a lot of my psychic abilities come from um, the fact that I've always been an empath. So that was something that I never really considered until I moved out. Uh, I did, well, I shouldn't say until I moved out to BC, but it was then because I was making a huge life change. Once I started um, exploring that, I realized that you know, like my ability to feel other people's emotions can be a blessing and it can also be a curse. And I realized that that had been happening in a, in a curse kind of way for my entire life because I had no idea that I was feeling the emotions of other people. If you're walking around the world and you can feel other people's emotions, but you don't actually know that about yourself, then you can pick up a lot of lower, I guess, vibrational energies or, you know, you can feel the, the sadness or the anger and you can start to take that in as your, as your own. And so this is, this is a great question after the meditation in question because meditation actually really, really has helped me to understand what thoughts I have in my mind in, in the sense that it helps me understand which thoughts are mine. I remember very distinctly I had a moment where I realized that there were, it's like there were um, phrases on repeat in my mind that were negative, that would cause me anxiety, that I had been having my entire life. They always sounded like my voice because it's inside my head. Mm And I had this moment where I realized that those words aren't necessarily mine. I adopted them from elsewhere. I started thinking, oh, would I say that phrase to myself? And the answer was like, no. And so I started questioning where that came from. So when I started meditating, that's when I really started stepping into that and really seeing like, it really helped me to understand like what thoughts are mine and what weren't. And so once you are able to figure that out or feel that out, it's easier to like filter through the energies that are around you. You start thinking, well, what am, what am I at my true core? How do I feel about the situation at my true core? Or is, is that belief that I have really mine? That belief that I've had about myself for years and years and years, is that my belief or is it a belief that was given to me? But eventually for me, it started to um, develop into me understanding that I do have more psychic abilities. So rather than just um, picking up feelings from other people, I also can do so from you know spiritual entities. So that was a huge thing. Um, and once I started to understand that, I started understanding my own boundaries. So I actually, um, when I need to be grounded, there's a few things I do. I, I feel my feet on the ground. I envision like a, like a boundary around me, like a bubble. Yeah. And I find it's really helped to envision like 
all five senses of it. So what does it look like? What does it, if it tastes like anything, what does it smell like? All of that and envision that has been really helpful at times. And also just having those strict boundaries. It's mostly a, a practice of boundaries because we can be told how to set our own energetic boundaries, but we really do have to practice it in order for them to really work. Setting up boundaries is a huge thing. And as women, I feel like it's particularly hard because a lot of women I know are brought up to be people pleasers and there's no such thing as a boundary. And you want to say no, but you feel incredibly guilty, you know, even though you have to say no for yourself sometimes. And I truly believe that setting up boundaries and being able to say no versus yes and and really control that is a version of self-care. Protecting your energy is just an extension of that. Over the years, I've discovered that boundaries isn't a bad word. So... (laughs) Um, yeah. it's an amazing word. <laughs> it is. It's it can a be necessary, scary, but it's amazing. It's, it is scary, um, especially if you're not used to. And like you said, it's a practice, and it's something that you really have to practice every day. I think that I think that working on energetic boundaries first and foremost within yeah. yourself is like a really great way to, if you're stepping into boundary work, it's really a great way to start because if you're doing that within yourself and you feel grounded within yourself. Um, setting those boundaries and staying grounded within who you truly are, it's easier to do that with other people, right? It's about Mm -hmm. knowing oneself. If you work on it yourself first and within yourself, you do have that, like you were talking about, sense of being grounded. And from that comes such great power and energy to do better for yourself. And in that, you're doing better for those that you care about and those around you. Right. Yay. And the world. Yay, the world. We just want everyone to be happy and healthy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the speaking of the world, the world is changing. Um, Aquarius, Aquarius time is upon us. And, um, you know, uh, we are Aquarius, um, and we're very proud of it. <laughs> so, uh, especially in this time, women are asking for more and they want more respect, more power, more, you know, they want their voices to be heard. How do you use your either witch power or, you know, your psychic comedian powers to fight that fight and really stand up to the patriarchy? Talk about the patriarchy. I think one of the most important things to acknowledge is that the patriarchy is a a system, yes. kind of like a set, you know, it's a set of ideals. We're not speaking about men of, here. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot. And it, and it's hard because, you know, it can be triggered by men mm-hmm. and it's primarily triggered by men. But I think to move forward, it's very important to understand that, yes, the patriarchy is a system. It's not necessarily people or yep. or a specific gender or anything like that. And so I hope to use the, you know, the comedian part of it to kind of shed, shed light on some of the things that influence our everyday life that we don't really see as an example. So I think that's where the, the comedy part comes in um, because it's a very, it's a very triggering subject. It can be very triggering, especially for women and it's also something that in our current times is like, it's being revealed. We're still 
learning a lot about it. Women are still coming into their power in a new way, I feel, with, yeah. the, age, you know, with the age of Aquarius. Yeah. Um, and so it's a process. But for me, I found a, a new kind of power uh, within myself when I started identifying with the archetype of the witch, like with the title of a witch. And I think a big reason for that is because, you know, I think witches are classically fighting the patriarchy, if that makes sense. They've always been two opposing forces. And so when I kind of realized that I was stepping into that title, it really gave me a sense of empowerment and and fulfillment in a way that I hadn't felt before. And I realized that, like, yeah, I'm, I am different. I'm quite different. I'm a weird Aquarius, which I love about myself, but I didn't always feel that way. And a, a huge part of that was because of the ways that I felt I was required to show up because of the ideal, ideals of a patriarchal system. A huge concept, and it's far-reaching, and it's very sensitive to approach because there is real trauma there. But if we can come at it from the standpoint of feeling empowerment and wanting to kind of dismantle those systems that are that are really hurting us more than helping us, I think that that is a, is a good route to go. And also like coming into my witchness and witchness and um, really starting to understand my intuitive power and the way that I can interact with the universe on a daily basis, like feeling like the universe is kind of behind you in mm-hmm. a way, really, really, um, is so helpful. It's also uh, such a know, powerful feeling, like, you know, and and a comforting feeling, really. Yeah, yeah, and that's and it's different for everyone. Yeah, and it's a very beautiful process to come into that for for every individual person. Like it's a journey for everyone, and you know, I think connecting to our empaths, like nature, intuitive psychic abilities, is really just coming back to connecting with ourselves and connecting with the women who have come before us because we carry what the women before us have experienced as much as we are modern day witches. You know, we, we carry the, the pain and trauma from our ancestors. So to acknowledge all of that is, I think, quite powerful. That was so beautifully put. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. So let's talk labels, modern day witches and that kind of thing. More and more, it's it more people are coming out of witches, um, either male or female or non-binary. This idea of what kind of witch are you and what are your views on that? Do you think people need to label themselves? Uh, Personally, I don't. I think you can be a witch and practice, make the practice your own, basically, um, and it doesn't have to be such a rigid affair. So what do you think about being a witch in 2020? I agree with you. I see being a witch as an identity. That might not have been the case centuries ago. But now in 2020, it's 
I would say that it's more of an identity than anything. Um, if it's something that you feel resonates with you, then I would encourage anyone to follow that good feeling and kind of see where it goes. I think that it can be a very fun process to explore, you know, the different titles of being a witch, but I don't think it's necessary to put yourself in any sort of box. Of course, that being said, it's necessary that we do respect traditions that have come before us. So we always want to make sure that we're not appropriating any culture or, you know, disrespecting anyone. But I think it's, there's so much information out there that just on spirituality and intuition in general, that there's so many different ways that someone could come to the conclusion that they resonate with the title of being a witch. It can be different for everyone. And so I think that's something that needs to be kept in mind. Luckily, from what I've seen out in the witch world, uh, many witches feel this way as well. Like they're very, very open to everyone practicing in the way that they choose and that's that's necessary moving forward. And also, witches were hunted because they were healers. And so primarily, that's what we're trying to do here. Is we're trying to heal our emotional bodies and heal those, you know, wounds that we have as humans in order to feel more whole and step forward from a place of wholeness. So whatever it is that allows you to feel that wholeness, whatever title that is, I, I say really just feel into that. And I think it's important to contemplate and feel into that before you kind of start blaring it all around town. That's just in, in my own personal experience. Maybe that's not someone else's experience, but it feels good to sit with that identity and really like understand it and feel into it and just re recognize that like it's your identity, like it's your own, it's nobody else's is such a personal process. It's such a personal journey. How best do you integrate the use of cannabis into your practice? So I use cannabis in a very conscious way. One of the things that I love about cannabis is that connection to nature. If we were to go back to the question where we're talking about what like different types of witches, sometimes I definitely feel like forest witch really connect to the earth, the trees anything that's green, really. And so when I started to learn about cannabis, I learned a lot about its healing properties, which is just so beautiful on so many levels. But the thing with cannabis is that it, it's also stigmatized. So a lot of people don't really know how to consciously consume cannabis in a way that works well for them. And so when I started to consume cannabis, you know, it took a while for me to really figure out how it worked best for me. And I'm actually, you know, always still learning because it's always a journey. But cannabis is such a diverse plant. There's so many different ways that you consume it. There's so many different uh, cultivars or strains that mm -hmm. have different effects. Like it's just so vast that not only is it a healing plant when you learn how to use it in the best way for you, um, but it also can show you parts of yourself. And so for me, it was, it really has enhanced my practice because when I started with cannabis, 
I had to go about it in a very intentional way. For my whole life, I've struggled with anxiety. And so when I first was introduced to cannabis, when I was like a teenager or something, and I smoked the cannabis and I had too much and I got so super anxious. And from then on, I kind of just kind of, you know, was like, mm, not for me. Came back to it. And this was only about two years ago now that I started really um, learning more about it and learning how consuming it consciously can really help me. So it has really become a source of healing for me. My ident identity as a witch is so much about healing and cannabis allows me to heal in that way. It also allows me to open up my mind to um, higher energies. So I'm more able to clearly hear um, my thoughts. Being someone with anxiety, there's just so many thoughts in my mind all the time. And I think, you know, we also, like people in just, just in general have that issue. Using cannabis to kind of um, help guide me in doing what feels right and feels good from an energetic standpoint, vibrational standpoint, is very helpful. It kind of all ties together. It's just about anything you do, you know, coming at it with intention and with thought and with purpose is key to that experience. And cannabis is included in that. And if you use it with intention it, and with, like you said, a specific purpose, coming at it from that point of view is just a way to heal on a different level. And cannabis can actually provide that, like... <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it provides this like safe, loving container for me where I can really just be and I can learn that just being is okay. And that's huge. That's such a subtle thing that I don't think many of us really consciously think about. But once you start to feel that kind of support from nature, like when, when you're aware that the reason that you're connecting with yourself on a deeper level is assisted by consuming a plant that grows from soil, it's just very beautiful because it just reminds you how connected we are to the earth. You know, so much unhappiness comes out of us being disconnected from the earth around us. Oh, so, oh for sure. If we, if we don't have any connection with nature, um, us human beings tend to be very unhappy, stressed out people. There's many studies out there that have shown that living in a concrete jungle does things to our brains and it makes us less able to deal with everything that comes at us in this life. Connecting with nature and really doing it with purpose and intention is so healing for our bodies and our minds. Also, when I use cannabis, it's like I can hear my funny guides easier. Yeah. I think I think it's because, you know, my spirit guides, they operate at a higher vibration. So it's almost like they're floating up in the clouds and they're like, hey, come join us. And then I have some cannabis and I get high and I kind of like, I'm like, oh, cool. Now we're on the same vibe. And I can more clearly hear the jokes that are being said to me. 
COVID has been very trying and very stressful. And, you know, we've all had to deal with things we never had to deal with before. Social beings, we're not getting the social contact that we're used to or that we need to stay sane. What is COVID brought into your life on a positive level? Has it brought anything to you that you were surprised about or? Well, not only have I become grateful for the connections that I do have, you know, Mm -hmm. realizing how much I care for those that I can't always see, but I really just have um, enjoyed this time alone. Hasn't Um, it been magical? like, it's actually magical. I, I was actually just joking recently that I'm such an introvert. I mean, I, I'm an introvert and an extrovert. I just have loved the part of not feeling like I have to go and be anywhere in order to be, a, you know, contributing to society. It's actually been like a really good resting phase for me. And it's just been really nice to have this time where... I don't feel like I have to move so fast. Um, I've really been appreciating the time spent for like, that I now have for my own self-care. Not only that, but to understand what the best type of self-care is for me, especially as an introvert. We, we try so hard in, in you know, pre-COVID times, trying so hard to do our self-care, but this time, you know, within the pandemic, it's really made me see like, no, I, I can prioritize this. And this is how I will prioritize this going forward. They always say, oh, I don't have time for self-care, but it's like, no, you do. You just aren't prioritizing it. So for me, I've learned a lot about what it is that I need to prioritize in order to keep myself happy. I actually have had so many times during this pandemic that I've actually been filled with so much joy and so much peace and so much trust to be able to know that I can feel that within such a stressful time is something that I'm planning to bring forward once this whole situation is through. The one thing that this pandemic has given a lot of people is time. And I truly hope that we take the lessons we've learned and that what's truly important with us as we're eventually out of this. That's the one thing I truly hope is going to happen once this is all over. So where can people follow you and find you on the socials? At it's Wendy, the witch on Instagram currently where it's at. Um, I do plan to be starting a, podcast of my own love it, and eventually um we'll dabble in the youtube universe um but for now it's currently just on instagram at it's wendy the witch love to connect yeah and like always uh that handle will be put in the show notes so thanks so much wendy i really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me on this glorious day thank you yeah. it was so fun yay it was fun I have high hopes for your podcast. It's going to be amazing. I cannot (laughs) wait. (laughs) You've really inspired me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Humans Are Us. Never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to rate and review. Enjoyed this episode? 
Share it with someone you think would love to connect with our growing community. Do you have a story to be shared? Check out our website and send us an email or connect with us on Instagram at humansrs.com.